I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show this is so many damn plays yeah so many damn sports so many damn pianola rolls (laughs) (laughs) so many damn licks Oh my god. That's what it, and it's just so many so many so many damn books. Uh welcome everybody to our 47th episode of So Many Damn Books. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And today we are saying goodbye to new books. Go away For books now. that came out this year. <laughs> I don't even want to look at you. I actually do, but yeah. Yeah, don't be fooled. He's looking at them right now. <laughs> I'm literally looking at them now. Uh, honestly, though, we're, j- we're looking at the backlist. Yeah, this is something you and I have talked about uh, since the very first days of the show. But before we explain why... Oh, yeah. Can I tell everyone about the drink that we drank, that we're drinking? To, wait, do we need to tell them what the book is first? Yeah, that's fine. We read Donna Tartt's The, the Little, Little Friend. Friend. Her um, follow-up to Secret History. Also a 10-year gap. Yep. So it came out in 2002-ish. Yeah. When you ask people, have you ever read a Donna Tartt novel, they very quickly can come up with the other two, yep. Secret History and The Goldfinch. But then they're like, oh, and the third one with the baby on the cover. Yeah. It's like this is a this this is a Jeopardy question book, and so this one is it's it's a different sort of thing, um, and just like any Donna Tartt book, there is a funeral scene. One of the main characters, um, the aunt of the main character, uh, Edith, she doesn't often drink, but she is drinking at this funeral, um, and she is drinking whiskey. So I thought a whiskey-based drink, um, ginger beer, whiskey, cherry vodka, and a little bit of maraschino cherry juice. Yeah. Delicious. Indeed. So that's the drink. Yeah. Let's go to What'd You Buy? Yeah. I didn't buy anything new. I bought old things in preparation, sort of. Uh, I guess that I kind of bought something old just because I happened to see it and I've been wanting to read it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was doing. What'd you buy? Uh, From the Memoirs of a Non-Enemy Combatant by Alex Gilvery. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been wanting to read that for a while mm-hmm. and saw a hardcover copy at Strand a little while ago. 
cool. And thought, today is that day. Um, is it a comic sort of thing? Is it like a Kurt Vonnegut type of a sort of satire of the? Uh, yeah, can it's you like tell? A, a a guy um, sort of mistakenly gets picked up and detained, mm-hmm. and it's it's his memoirs while he's bit in sort of like a yeah comedic. I'm hoping it's Vonnegutian. Yeah, it seems like it might be. I'm hoping it's Kurtish, or at least Jason Hellerish. Yeah. Joseph. Joseph. Good try. <laughs> Do you want to take it again? No, I'll live with that. Thing. <laughs> uh, well, Kristen and I went and saw uh, Hamilton. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Uh, and I am converted. Great. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan. And of course, so I bought the Hamilton, the Revolution, the Hamilton, the Hamilton, nice. which I love. That yeah, that's so good. So I did buy something new. I'm a liar. And in that same vein, I ended up buying 1776 uh, by David McCulloch. Oh, nice. Which is sort of like my first dip into... Because now I'm very interested in the birth of our nation. Um, and this is, this is one of those crazy books that has 10,000 ratings on Goodreads and is still <laughs> above four stars. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. Anyway. So let's go back to our talk about the backlist and why why a backlist book. Yeah, we it's one of the early conversations that we had because you were a huge fan of the secret history. Still yes. are. Huge fan. You and I were both surprised that neither of us had read The Little Friend nor had most people yeah, who no, we talked to. Uh, it's one of those things where it's it's like a vicious circle of like, well, I guess if people are reading it it must not be very good. But that's not the case here. Yeah, and I feel like this is, to, to say one more thing about the general idea, because yeah. I do hope that we'll come back to this. We were talking about before the show, other authors who we could do this with. There's that thing where like sometimes books just don't hit at the right time or in the right way, and you get to sort of understand more about an author when you go back to some of those less well-appreciated books. So, quick pitch for The Little Friend by Donna Tartt. You have the best elevator pitch maybe for any book ever <laughs> for this book. I say this book is To Kill a Mockingbird meets Breaking Bad. Yep. Um, I mean... And I think that, I mean, like, Harriet, who is our protagonist, um, she is... 12. 12. Um, her brother died when she was a baby she was a baby baby and, and he, he was like nine yeah something like that he was nine years old and he was um he died in a horrific violent way but no one knows how it happened really yeah uh, and at the beginning of the novel is sort of this like it's mother's day it's sort of hot muggy deep south and you you have this sense that something terrible is about to happen and then it turns out and that, not just because it's a donna tart novel yeah <laughs> It turns out that uh, they find him in the yard, hung from a tree. Yes. Nobody knows who did it. Nobody saw it happen. And and now Harriet, at twelve, she still doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and she gets the an idea in her mind that uh, there's this guy, uh, a a family in town, particularly one of the family, this guy Danny. Yeah. Um, that he killed him. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of little bit of kid reasoning of why it was him. It's a little, I mean... And, and uh, the Ratliffs are 
they have a trailer in the woods. They're making meth. Yep. And and uh, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on with the Ratliffs. <laughs> they are a terrifying family. Yeah, they are. They are in a lot of ways because Harriet feels at times there's a, a blurb somewhere for this book that directly references Harriet the Spy. And that's and it's like you're like oh yeah okay the Ratliffs feel uh, in that way that there are plenty of sort of like creepy backwoods people mm-hmm. in literature like uh, all of Frank Bill's novels and like Donald Ray Pollock but these this family feels distinct and unique and creepy in a way that you're like oh god backwoods southern people still creep everybody out yeah I was thinking of Fourth of July creek oh yeah by smith henderson um a great book uh, similar back scary 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 people live in the woods it seems <laughs> um and and there is should you do the deliverance theme there maybe yeah um i don't, I don't want to tell you how to how to do your job one of the great things about having a 12 year old protagonist and the, and that that tart uses there is a great, very terrifying sequence in the Ratliff's house where they've broken in. This is maybe halfway through the book, so it's not much of a spoiler. So there's a scene where um, they're in the upstairs of a two-level house uh, that they've broken into for whatever reason. And uh, it's just like the most horrifying game of hide-and-seek <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. With and, and, and she paints these scenes in such detail, but they're for how detailed and how densely detailed this book is. There are times when you're just like just burning through pages because it's so heart stopping. The, um, the last, and I certainly do not want to give anything away, but the last, I like 150 pages feel that way in a way that that was something I had a problem with, honestly, with secret history and Mm -hmm. with the goldfinch where like, she builds these wonderful worlds and really makes something that you're so immersed in. Mm -hmm. And then the end, the ending bits are sort of like a little, it's like a slog, not a slog, but there's just like a, it doesn't cohere in the same way because all of a sudden she's turned her eyes towards plot. Yeah, there is a little bit of a, and there is a little bit of summary of events at the end of both, both Goldfinch and Secret History that this one doesn't have. No, this one is just like, okay, here we go. Yeah, and it really is, it, it does feel a little bit, and maybe this is, you know, I, I'm, I've been reading this with sort of the eye to like, what went wrong here? Like, why, why is this thought of as lesser? Because I'm so into it. Do you have, do you have a thought? I have a thought about that, but do you? Yeah, I was thinking it could have to do with how long it takes for her to set up her chessboard. Um, Ooh, this one does take a while too right she has like that scene and that getting to that scene is a long time and there's a there's a little bit of i don't know because it is southern and a, it's very a little slower um laconic you might yeah say. yeah even when even in these scenes that are very um suspenseful mm-hmm. she doesn't stop taking time to to draw your eye somewhere a little odd yeah. You tell me, what was your thinking? So, I actually just had a second realization. Part of it, I think, is that in 2002, I don't think anybody was 
super excited about like a, a To Kill a Mockingbird style, like Southern Gothic novel. Yeah. Culture. It was just like, in a way that if this book had come out in 2000, people might have leapt for it. Mm. But, and that we can always debate like, a book should have come out at a different time or whatever. The other thing I think is that it's so personal in a way that neither of the other two feel mm-hmm. like there's there's and i know that in interviews donna tart like tries to sort of steer away from her she likes to swerve away from her yeah just you can just say full stop swerve away from her but as i was reading this i couldn't do anything i there's no other way to read this for me than that her life and her childhood and just like growing up in the deep south as sort of this like bookish curious little girl it's so present in the book in sort of a um the glass menagerie like memory play way like Mm -hmm. how in the stage directions of that play tennessee williams says that there's like a gauzy curtain on the front of the stage so that the whole thing feels like you're seeing it through the haze of memory Mm -hmm. this feels like her memory so you're just like why does this why why do i feel like i'm experiencing something that like is not mine to have experienced it's it's also it while it shares a structural similarity to the secret history, it doesn't share anything else. <laughs> you no. know, it's, um, it's, it's interesting in that if you, uh, if you were into the secret history because of like the classic students in college and, uh, you know, trying to get into a group that you're not sure if they want you, but you're re- willing to give up yourself to, to be in it. That's not really what this, this has none of those themes and nothing that even glanced close to those themes. It's yeah. much more about growing up and the confusion of childhood and, uh, you know, the realization that adults don't know anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that we're, we're I, an, an excited Donna Tartt fan waiting breathlessly for her second book. And this is what I was uh, presented with. I think I would be a little bit disappointed. It confounds those expectations. It really does. While when you look at Goldfinch after reading this, it totally, it totally makes sense of like, she wanted to see both sides. Now, now she wanted to try seeing what the kid was like and then growing them up and seeing them as an adult. It's Goldfinch feels like a second, second novel. Yeah. After having read this, like they like almost alternate timelines or something where they all there's a universe where they exist simultaneously where the goldfinch is the second book that she wrote Mm -hmm. i was totally won over um there was it definitely took time to get into it and and reacquaint myself with the donna tart pacing Um, yeah because and and it's also a little slower even than both um both goldfinch and secret history it's that thing where if you have the time oh, which live, while yeah yeah while reading it i think you and i both because we read so much for work and for pleasure uh-huh. uh but also because we live in a very busy fast-paced place it's difficult to sometimes like sink in and let things really but it, it it's the sort of book where if you're sitting on your porch in like a heat wave and you're reading this book and your attention, you suddenly like see a dragonfly or something and you just sort of like look and you stare off and you're sort of like, man, summertime. And then you come back to the book. Like that is almost, I think 
what she's trying to evoke on the page. Okay. You brought that around. I was like following her. <laughs> I think this book rewards a closer read. And it also has pleasure for a beach read that you, you know, skim some pages because yeah. you were sunsick for half of it. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, reminds me of the sort of book that I read in late high school and into college when I started paying attention to books and sort of divining my own symbolism as opposed to the like, okay, the bat in fences rep- represents his masculinity. Great. Right. But where like you, the spark notes, yeah, continuity. A book like this, I could see myself, you know, ten years ago, writing like a solid B plus paper <laughs> on just like a small a small detail that she sends through the whole book, and mm-hmm. so you can pick just the tiniest little thing, and it echoes through, and it, like it makes sense. She has totally created the world. It's a special book. Um, I'm. I'm glad that we could uh, come across it and uh, talk about it for the show because I uh, I think that it's just as rich and as wonderful as as um, Goldfinch and Secret History and I'm and I think that you know she's just batting a thousand yeah. right across the board she writes incredible books I'm I'm tempted to say that this was my favorite but realizing that all three of them achieve a, a level of favorite mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah. Which is an incredible thing for an author to do. Yes. I'd agree with that too. So we recommend The Little Friend. We do. What else do we recommend? What else do we recommend? Um... I've got one locked and loaded. It's kind of a backlist entry of its own. Um, I finally went and read the one Jeff Vandermeer novel that I've never read. Oh, cool. Which is his first Venice underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the novel is actually, it's a short novel and then three short stories and a novella set in the same world. The Venice with two S's, not C E world. Yeah. Uh, and it, it has some of the trappings of a first novel, but also it's another one of these like incredibly vividly wackily weird places that sprang out of uh, Jeff's head. There's like a moment, there's a, a semi-robotic meerkat head that gets glued to a dinner plate that accompanies a guy basically on a Orpheus-esque descent into like a futuristic hellscape. Uh, which yeah sounds pretty weird you just said so many weird words just a lot of words um it's crazy it works the thing is it works wow uh but it was a cool moment to in the context of sort of the backlist thing to go back and be like oh i see where you got your start Mm -hmm. so many more things make sense now yeah how about you so since the little friend is so long um i'm gonna recommend a short story a joyce carol's short story one of my favorites great um uh, where are you going? Where have you been? This is a story you can find just online. And um, it is taut and 
very taught in the t-a-u-t thing not taught to people although i imagine it is included in short story uh, collections to teach people how to write suspense and how to write a meeting of good and evil um it's 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 a very simple idea of a, a guy who reminds me of a character from the little friend showing up at a girl's door and just asking through the screen door let me in (laughs) <laughs> and you're just screaming at her the whole time to to not let him in. Yeah. It's chilling. Nice. Need some chill right now. Heck yeah. Woo! It's hot. Hot. So do that and read books and drink. Tell us about them. Have a drink. Have a drink. Unless you're under the age of 21, in which case, Don't have do a that. drink without alcohol in it. Yeah. Uh, There's plenty of drinks without alcohol to drink. We've had some. I don't remember. All right. uh, That's it. Bye. Bye. And we live on borrowed time. But this headshot. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be confusing. I don't know how I'm going to edit that. Well, you probably just cut it all out. We fall in love by accident. A heavenly coincidence. No matter what you think is true.